a major world city could run out of water. That story and more on H2O Radio's Weekly News Report. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. April 12th. They are calling it Day Zero. It sounds ominous, and it is. Day Zero is when water faucets in Cape Town, South Africa, could go dry. A city with its 4 million residents, a bit larger than metropolitan Seattle, is facing its worst drought in close to a century. Most of the region is recovering from El Nino's recent effects, but not Cape Town, now in its third year of dryness. The average level of area reservoirs is around 27%, but about a third of that is not usable due to debris and mud. Officials are urging people to take drastic conservation measures. The premier of Western Cape government, Helen Zill, is calling for everyone to use less than 13 gallons of water per person per day. In comparison, the national average use in the U.S. is about 90 gallons, according to the USGS. The government is also asking people to turn off the water supply to their toilet tanks. Instead, they should reuse the gray water in homes from shower runoff and dishwashing to fill toilet tanks and to flush them only when necessary. The premier said no one should shower more than twice a week and noted that oily hair in a drought is as much of a status symbol as a dusty car. Hurricane Harvey hit the southeast area of Texas in August, dumping record amounts of rain. But now 40% of the state is in moderate to severe drought, including some areas where the hurricane hit. Mark Wenzel with the state's Water Development Board told the Texas Tribune that as soon as Hurricane Harvey cleared Texas, the state almost immediately started going into the next drought. The worst areas are in the Texas panhandle, with the lack of moisture spreading north into western Oklahoma and Kansas. According to Texas state climatologist John Nielsen Gammon, climate change is driving the extremes in addition to the La Nina weather pattern in the Pacific Ocean. He added that climate models show storms will become less frequent and more intense. The Trump administration has drafted an infrastructure proposal for building roads, bridges, and pipelines across the U.S., which includes scaling back environmental protections that have been in place for decades. The Washington Post obtained the draft, which includes the most sweeping changes in many years about how the federal government approves and oversees projects. Critics say the plans would gut environmental protections like those in the National Environmental Policy Act, the Clean Water Act, and the Clean Air Act. Review of projects such as pipelines would be limited and new deadlines imposed to speed up approvals. Some agencies would be entirely cut out of the review process if another agency already issued its approval. And another provision would exempt agency decisions from review by courts. The outline would allow the Interior Secretary to approve natural gas pipelines across national parks instead of requiring congressional approval. Winona Howder, Executive Director of Food and Water Watch, said in a statement that Trump is using his infrastructure plans to attack the environment and that the last thing needed is to expedite approvals of pipelines that endanger water, communities, and the climate. A White House official told the Washington Post that the document was only a discussion draft, but some who are familiar with it said many of its proposals are the basis for ongoing negotiations with lawmakers. 
environmental organizations and commercial fishermen might sue if the EPA fails to protect endangered species from widely used chemicals. Last month, the U.S. National Marine Fisheries Service issued a report nearly 4,000 pages long, finding that three pesticides used on farms and orchards posed a threat to dozens of endangered and threatened species. The three compounds, chlorpyrifos, diazinon, and malathion are used on fruits, nuts, alfalfa, and other farm products. The chemicals run off into rivers and oceans where they threaten various creatures. Patty Goldman of Earth Justice told E&E News that the pesticides are a major threat to endangered salmon and orcas that eat that salmon. The populations of both have dwindled recently near Seattle. A representative of a fisherman's association told The Guardian that his $1 billion a year industry has lost thousands of jobs as salmon stocks have shrunk due to the overdevelopment of dams and the use of dangerous pesticides. Last year, however, EPA head Scott Pruitt overturned an Obama administration effort to ban the use of chlorpyrifos, which, in only tiny levels of exposure, can harm the development of children's brains. And finally, there's a craze you've probably noticed trending in the news. Bitcoin, the encrypted digital currency that operates without banks or governments or any middleman. What makes Bitcoin secure is that funds are tracked by something called blockchain technology, where transactions are listed in a public online ledger and no one person can alter or delete entries. Many companies and retailers are jumping on the blockchain bandwagon for its ability to be transparent, something the conservation organization World Wildlife Fund is betting will have an aquatic angle too, tracking tuna. According to the news site The Conversation, World Wildlife Fund wants to stop illegal and unregulated fishing, as well as human rights abuses in the tuna industry, so they've just launched a pilot project in the Pacific Islands that will use blockchain technology to track a fish from bait to plate. When a tuna is caught, it will be tagged with a code, and then devices on the vessel, at the dock, and in the factory will be able to detect the tag and automatically upload its information to the blockchain. For consumers, it means being able to scan a code on a fish in the store to trace its journey and know it's been sustainably, environmentally, and ethically caught. The World Wildlife Fund is not the only one using blockchain. A company called Provenance has been using the technology to trace tuna from Indonesian fisheries for British consumers. Provenance also tracks cotton and coffee, according to Gizmodo. Increasingly, government agencies such as the U.S. Department of Energy, are using blockchain technology for transparency and security. Sounds like a good trend if public departments are getting on board to make sure there's nothing fishy going on in our government. This Week in Water is supported by the American Water Works Association, bringing together the best and brightest minds in the water sector at ACE 18. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash ACE 18.